Reaction Podcast. What an absolutely outstanding week one that we had. There was drama from the off, everything you wanted. Miss kicks, we had late winners. So many miss kicks. So many, ridiculous. Um, the, the six o'clock games on Red Zone were unbelievable. Mm. What a show Red Zone is. And we can't wait to do it all again coming up soon, but we'll have some reaction from week one first. So we'll start off, um, Harry Discombe. Let's talk talk us through um, how the Bucks did in week one. Um, yeah, a bit of a weird game. We we were marching up and down on the Cowboys. To be fair, after the first drive or two, but uh, just got into their red zone. And, and to be fair to the Cowboys, their red zone D was pretty awesome. But it was just field goal after field goal. But uh, I was so impressed with our defense. We we stifled uh, Dak. Obviously, Cowboys got a few players out, uh, but it was a really positive start to the season, and I'm excited to go 17 and 0. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Obviously, the Cowboys will be without Dak Prescott for a mm. few weeks following surgery on his thumb. Be interesting to see how Cooper Rush does there. Do am I the only person who thinks they should bring in Jimmy G? Yeah, there's not? been talk. There's been talk, hasn't there? Their, fe- their season is probably over, if not. But also, they're 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 not putting him on IR, so maybe there's hope he comes back fairly soon. I don't. I don't think you're bringing Jimmy G in for six weeks as well. It's a lot of money just for six weeks. Yeah, you'd have to give up a pick or whatever. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so Reese, um, a fantastic display by the Bills uh, last Thursday. Just talk us through some of your initial reactions from the game I'm very very impressed with what I've seen Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about it now because I've got that a lot of it coming up nice further on in the episode but I was very impressed with how we kept firing just like we did at the end of the playoffs as an offense and that D looks even better now so I'm quite excited to see what we've got going on for the rest of the season what about yourself, Ashley? Wasn't uh, such a happy week one for the Cardinals? Yeah, it was a moment to forget, really. I, I, as I said to you earlier, Harry, I definitely had my Cardinals goggles on last week on the pod when I was saying that we were going to beat them. Really, <laughs> really did not take into account how bad um, our defence could be, especially with the host of injuries. Um but we were against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs, with the quality of Pat Mahomes, will uh, take on the chin and we'll we'll move on. Yeah, as I said last week, I'm expecting big things from the uh, the Chiefs' offense again this year. So, so uh, we'll we'll say it's just a blip on the radar for you. But obviously, with no Hopkins, like you want to get a few wins under your belt before he comes back. Yeah, well, as soon as we get a few guys back on the defense, uh, it should things should change. Things should change. But we'll move on now to what we're going to be doing for this episode and we're going to go through our overreactions and takeaways that we should actually listen to um, from the openers. Obviously, everyone can get a bit carried away with week one. You don't know what's going to happen. No one really knows. It's a bit, as Harry, you said earlier, still a little bit like pre-season. But we're going to take you through some of the things that we should be listening to and perhaps some things that we shouldn't. So, Harry, take us away with your first overreaction. Yeah, so obviously anything can happen in one week of the NFL. You want to be looking at trends before you're making conclusions and before you're making assumptions and stuff like that. So so week one is a week of overreactions, and, and here's a good one for you. The Cowboys 
Couldn't score even with Dak. Now he's gone. The Eagles allowed 35 points to Jared Goff. And nobody's worried about Carson Wentz. Baby, the Giants are winning the NFC East. And the Giants are going to the Super Bowl. Well, that was a host of overreactions there. Um, um, <laughs> talk, talk us through them a bit more in detail. Saquon's back, baby. 164 yards on just 18 carries, plus 30 through the... 30 through the air, uh, through the air, four missed tackles, 6.83 yards after contact per attempt, and four runs of 10 or more yards. Uh, and this is against the the number two rush defense in 2021 uh, of the Titans, obviously. Uh, but I think the most important thing why why Giants fans have got to be optimistic is there's no more Joe Judge. Brian Dable's come in, and it, and so far at least looks like the. Uh, the polar opposite of, of Joe Judge. There's no way Judge is going for two to win the game in that situation. I absolutely love the fact that Dable did it. You can see the players are really playing for him. They've already built a good connection. There are dances in the change in the change room after. Uh, I just love the decision to go for two there. It's a sort of uh, game that the Giants haven't been winning for years. Uh, and with Barkley having such a big game, stick it in his hands and let him win the game for you. Uh, we've actually we'll hear from Brian Dable now, uh, who um, who like I say was dancing or maybe not dancing with his players after the game. Just great vibes in New York right now. Um, it was a biggie song, and yeah, I mean these. It was a good win. These guys worked hard. You know they were they were pretty they were dancing before I got in there. So um, I don't know if it. I was really dancing very much, if you want to call it that. But uh, it's good to it's good to celebrate with your guys. Um, they put a lot of work, and again, credit to, to the players that are out there playing. And you know, they had a lot of juice, you know, after that game, and, and rightfully so. You know, they played a they played a tough sixty minute game, and you know, had some good plays and had some bad plays that you had to bounce back from, and um, you know, just it brought me in the circle there. So I just, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd call it dancing, though. I think uh, Dayball is going to be a much better coach to play for than Joe Judge. It already looks like they're playing harder for him. Uh, and a great example is that if you watch Baldy's breakdowns on Twitter, which are fantastic, by the way, Brian Baldinger on Twitter, former offensive lineman, NFL Network personality, go check that out if, if you like your O-line stuff. Um, the, the two giant edge defenders, Jihad, Jihadi War and Oshani Simenez, uh they they violently set the edge against uh, against that Titans O and, and they held Derrick Henry to under four yards per carry. Go watch the tape. Uh, go watch um, Baldy's breakdowns for that. It's really great to watch if you're a Giants fan. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to be excited for if you're the Giants. Obviously, this is a week of overreactions. Yeah, the whole offense basically was Barkley. Uh, the whole team was kind of abject in that first half. Danny Jones still wasn't exactly inspiring. Um, and, and even for the win, they needed that two-point conversion and, and for Randy Bullock to miss a 47-yard field goal. So, yeah, I'm getting pretty m ahead of myself. But I think now's the time for Giants fans who have endured a lot over the last few years and maybe even... Uh, longer it's time for them to get excited about their team they were clutch they pulled out the win and um, the NFC East maybe looks winnable maybe yeah I, I think I've got to agree there as you said like 
the Giants have sort of gone through so much hardship uh, ever since really Eli Manning left and um, uh, with somebody like Saquon Barkley that's really that X factor in that offense and if he can stay fit then you know why shouldn't the Giants fans uh, be getting excited and perhaps overreacting a little bit you know they should they should be able to enjoy this win as you say such a clutch win uh, against the Titans team which I think can often be underrated. I, I was then thinking about it myself, and I'm sort of underrated them myself. They were the well. number one seed yeah. in the AFC last year. So I was then going to say, I sort of forgot that that's that they were the number one seed. Um, and you know, some a coach like Brian Dayball as yourself, you know, is a vast, surely a vast improvement on Joe Judge. And yeah, one hundred percent. You, you've as a Giants fan, you've got to be, you've got to be licking their ass a bit at the minute. Yeah, I mean, now, like, after I've endured so much shit, like, now's the time to get excited and whatever, and um, uh, and now's the time to do it. So, Reese, give us an overreaction, will you? What, what are you thinking from week one? I'm thinking that the Bengals are going to go back to being a free-win team. You what? What? If you look at that performance that they had on Sunday, it was just... There was there was no structure to it. There was the O line was still terrible despite all the big additions. Mm-hmm. You look at although he had a lengthy break in preseason due to illness, I think Burrow looked miles off it as well. You know, four picks and a fumble, and th- and three of them picks were before half time. Um, he threw for a passer rating of. Only 42.1 in the game. I think wow. it's shaky over there for the Bengals. I know it's only week one, but I I think that they were running a lot of hype last season and we won't see anywhere near as good of performance this season. Yeah, well, obviously that like it was clear for anybody to see that, that additions, improvements were needed on the offensive line. Like The amount of sucks, sacks... Joe Burrow took last year, including in the in the playoff win over the Titans, he took nine sacks. He, he, he was having to do it all. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. But um, the the players that they brought in were like they were good, but they probably like overpaid. They they didn't. No one was elite or even top tier standard. Like Alex Kappa is a is a good guard. Um, but is that a product of the Bucks having good offensive line coaching? Like the uh, the Bengals have already proved themselves that they can't coach up O linemen, so so maybe they've not they've not fixed over that crack as much as they, they would have hoped. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I definitely take that. Um, you know, especially somebody like Kappa, you know, that's a good point there. He definitely could be a product of sort of being in a great setup with the Buccaneers, you know, with his fellow elite offensive linemen with him. Hmm. You know, making him look better. But also I think you've got to take into the fact that you know it is week one you've got you've got that new o-line does have to gel does have to come together still and also with joe burrow i feel like i, I said it when i was watching the game that i ha- he was going to come back like I, I remember seeing him last season where he, he threw a couple of picks looked off it but he fought back and he's the sort of guy that doesn't let those things get to him like he'll just he'll put it to one side and move on and not let it get to him and you saw that Obviously, he fought back with a couple of touchdowns. Um, nearly got back into the game late on uh, with a Jamar Chase touchdown, but it, it was slightly out of bounds. But then he obviously ma- managed to take them to overtime. 
and they could have easily won the game if um, Evan McPherson didn't uh, miss that kick. So, you know, if 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 it wasn't for that, we could be talking about them in a different light. Of course, the four interceptions and the the fumble doesn't look good, but again, I think for me, I think it is just that week one. The pressure yeah, we're doing week one over reactions baby you gotta go big uh, like what you say they might have a good uh, a good week next week and you're not thinking about it like you're never gonna give away five turnovers every week what I will say is a genuine cause for concern though is um, the Steelers played a lot of cover two defence and the Bengals obviously with all their wide receivers and the success they had last year everyone's going to be playing that against them last year uh, this year sorry and Joe Burrow was was 9 of 17 passing for just 92 yards and no touchdowns versus cover two on Sunday Um, so I think a a massive thing for the Bengals is are they going to be able to scheme up is Joe Burrow going to be able to do his progressions, do his reads well enough to be able to cope with that cover too. Because we st- we talked about it last week and, and it really slowed down the Chiefs' offense at, at times last year, which which you wouldn't have thought was even possible. So, uh, yeah, of course it's an overreaction, but obviously real cause of, uh, real areas of concern for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, he, he, he did throw for over 300 yards in the game and... He, he has shown last season that he can do it. He done well to get the team overtime, but the spirit didn't just see the spirit didn't seem the same within the Bengals as well. There didn't seem to be as much fight, and you had the young uh, kicker who was a superstar last year, even yeah. missing a few kicks. It looks like it's all changed a bit. Maybe they're a bit disheartened after that defeat to the Rams in the postseason. Yeah, and another thing, like for a lot of the season, like. It it wasn't until very late into the regular season, or maybe even into the postseason, that anybody would have picked them for the Super Bowl. Like they they weren't great in the regular season last year, and now obviously after going to the Super Bowl, after having that run, they're gonna have so much more attention on them. Uh, I'd really like this as a overreaction. Yeah, it could be sorted out by next week, but it could be a real real cause of concern for Bengals and their fans. Yeah, another thing that I wanted to quickly touch on when whilst the focus was on the Bengals and that game against the Steelers was going back to last week where I spoke about Trubisky and Pickett um, you mentioned a couple of days ago Ash that you had seen Steelers fans calling for Pickett to be given the role now um, I think that might be a bit of an overreaction um, as that's what we're here for baby give us these overreactions the Steelers did win um, it was a tough fought win, but I wanted to draw your attention to the stats that Trubisky put up in that game. Go I'd on. Get your guys' opinion on whether the the starting role should be handed to Pickett. So go on. In the game, he threw for 194 yards and one touchdown with a quarterback rating of 48. So that's a, a, a rating of 48. Compared to Burrow, who had a 42.1 rating and threw five, uh, five picks, what what do you make of that? Yeah, uh, Trubisky's PFF passing grade was uh, just a shot, uh, just a touch over 60 as well. He he had 194 yards off 41 dropbacks as well. Like he was far from efficient. Um, it it was a poor showing from him, I think. But uh, as is the theme of this this episode, like. Um, we touched on it before. 
offences haven't had a lot of time playing together because of how people treat the pre-season now. Um, it was just a messy game. I think uh, this absolutely goes in the bank as a, as a poor Trubisky game, but they got the win. So um, so I, I think, again, like he's not in danger of losing his, week, uh, losing his job at least for a few more weeks. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he will just yet. Um, obviously, as I said, as you say, Reese, um, I did see a few Steelers fans calling for Pickett, and that that is the overreaction. There, you know, there's also the fact that it's a new O line. They've got a new O line coach, a new QB, and a new offensive coordinator. So all these things have got to take time to to, to gel, and that they've all got to get chemistry. But I think that was an important thing that you said there, Reese, about the QB rating. You know, Burrow's was so low. Because of the picks, but Trubisky didn't didn't throw any picks. And he had the D working so hard to the ball back for him as well. He had all that opportunity on the ball. Yeah, that's definitely. just highlighting like how poor he was then uh, when he had the ball in his possession. Um, but obviously, yeah, again, this is why we're here with you know the overreactions. Um, and I think it would be a bit overreaction if Pickett was to come in next week, but equally. You know, maybe that week four prediction could be right. We'll see if he has another couple of games like that, and they don't come out with the wins, and then definitely can see it. Like they're not got the easiest games over the next two weeks, I think. So we shall see. Ashley, I want to hear you overreact about something, please. Okay, here's my overreaction. So the Green Bay Packers lost twenty-three-seven at the Vikings. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is finished without Devante Adams. Oh. And the 38-year-old should not play another game. Whoa! <laughs> yes, please. And the Packers are going to go back to below 500 Wow. Team. But before we get into that, okay, a okay. quick side note. I know how much you both love Kirk Cousins. He what? had a great opener. You like that? Passing for 277 yards and two, DD, two TDs, linking up with Justin Jefferson for a monster game. Could Kirk Cousins be in with a chance of getting MVP? No, no, yeah, uh, you're falling down. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> you're falling down the the Kirk Cousins trap hole here, Ashley. Um, I do like it as a week one overreaction, but um, this is what Kirk Cousins do. This is what the Vikings offense does. Obviously, they've got a uh, new head coach and coordinator now, but Cousins do does this. He's got the weapons and he's got the talent to have to have monster games, but he just he doesn't do it over a seventeen game season. He doesn't do it in the biggest moments, the clutch moments, and that's why we've got a distaste for him. Yeah, he'll go off for three hundred and fifty, four hundred yards uh, a few times this year. He's got Jefferson, he's got Thielen, he's got Dalvin Cook, obviously on the run game. But um, uh, I'm not worried about Kirk Cousins uh, in with a shout of MVP. I'll leave it there. Reese, I have no words for the craziness that has just left your mouth, actually. <laughs> hey, look, I, I didn't say it was my opinion. <laughs> I've just heard some people who have been genuine. I've, I've included this in the overreaction, but I've heard some genuine shouts that Cousins could be in it. In a position for MVP. It's, that's what he does. Like he always looks like he, he could be good enough, but he just I don't know. Even in the game against the Packers, like they were electric at times, but then they 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 go quiet for long periods of time. They gave the Packers a chance to get back into the game, but they couldn't get going on offense themselves. Maybe Justin Jefferson is a more likely candidate. I think I think he could be. You know. But we'll move on to my proper overreaction, the Packers, and obviously. There is a cause for concern in their performance there. And I think the offence is easily to be blamed for since they only put up seven points. 
and um, a host, uh, uh, you know, the highest wide receiver um, was Romeo Dubs, and he only had four receptions for 37 yards. Um, you know, AJ Dillon was the most productive in terms of both the pass and the rush. So again, perhaps maybe some issues with Aaron Jones. Um, there were some drop catches as well with Christian Watson. Um, a big one. That like how different things could have been if yeah. that that it was the first throw of the game for a seventy-five yard touchdown. Just goes through his hand. It's in the bread basket. That 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 really must have pissed Aaron Rodgers off. He didn't throw him. Uh, he didn't target him again until the fourth quarter. But you know, perhaps we should learn not to write the Packers off so early. Um, you know, they suffered a terrible defeat on the opening weekend last season. Uh, they lost thirty-eight-three to the Saints. And then they ended up finishing the season 13-4, and four, winning the NFC North title and having the best NFC record, claiming the number one seed. You know, Aaron Rodgers even won MVP last year after that. Um, I know, obviously, Harry will probably be a, a feel that. He shouldn't have. He MVP. just shouldn't yeah, have. I knew he was going to say that. It's, <laughs> I literally got down on my notes because it went against his bum boy time. So I didn't even have to say it. He already come in. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, the, I think the offense perhaps wasn't as bad as initially thought. Uh, you know, they were ranked 14th by Football Outsiders from the weekend. Um, you know, Rogers completed 67% of his passes, but he, I mean, he still have a bad time. He threw for just 195 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. But we said last week, you know, that that receiving core is really a cause for concern, and I think it's clear he doesn't trust his uh, receivers. Not really looking to them. You've got your running backs do, doing a lot of it. Um, uh, looking back at the, at the game, they were playing a lot of short passes, a lot of swing passes, a lot of screen passes out out, out to Dylan. Um, but the main, th- I think, the main issue really is the defense. Uh, if you look back at some of the touchdowns, yeah. especially for Jeff- Justin Jefferson's two, and uh, the, the, so leaving somebody like that of elite quality and. Such big space, uh, it was crazy, really. Yeah. Um, you know they they ranked as the second worst defense in the NFL from week one. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals were the worst. <laughs> you wouldn't have think. I don't think it, the initial thought would be that the Packers were the second worst. Uh, what, I don't know if you. What do you guys think? No. Well, I said that D was very disappointed. I I wouldn't have put them for second worst in the in the whole of week one, but. I kind of had it down because you're expecting their defense to be a big strength for them this year, and it it kind of went missing. And because uh, on on the offensive side of the ball, they're missing Alan Lazard, expected to be their their number one target this year. They've obviously got the rookies coming in. They have their two tackles that are still not ready to play, and uh, one of their guards, uh, Runyon, went went off injured early on as well. They needed their D to step up there, so I think that that is probably uh, the more disappointing side of things for, for Matt LaFleur and the Packers? For me, I think, um, as you said with my point, it is it is week one and it's it's a bit early for these overreactions, hence the point of the episode. But No, it's not! <laughs> um, I think with the Packers, when you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers who has won the MVP last year, I think you don't have much to worry about. I think you know you're always going to be there or thereabouts. Um, not a winning team anymore, like I said last week, but I think they'll still be playoff caliber. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there is things to worry about, though. Like With Lazard out, he clearly doesn't trust those rookie wide receivers, and that, that might come with time or whatever, but they both made mistakes. 
Dobbs had um, a few miscommunications, and, and Rogers doesn't forget stuff like that. He, he didn't target him for a couple of quarters after. Lazard was out as well, and so the only person he would have felt feel, felt comfortable throwing to for a couple of quarters was Randall Cobb, and there's only uh, and the running backs as well. There's only so much you can do with that. I, I think Rogers is a massive diva. Um, I'm just going to say that. I think Rogers is a massive diva. He is. He, he is. No, the, the way he's reacted to things is just been so over the top. I think Devante Adams like, might have stayed as well if, if uh, Rogers purported himself a, a bit better throughout the last couple of years wow. as well. There's going to be a big miss, uh, Devante Adams, and I think it was clear. But let's go back to that defence because I feel like, some, as, you just, as you said, similarly, similarly Reese, you know, it is Aaron Rodgers. It is the Packers. That that offense is going to improve, but considering the fact that uh, you know the defense, you know it's not new. Um, you know they've still got pro bowlers and all pros across there. Um, defensive coordinator Joe Barrios is second year in charge, so you know they've played together before. There shouldn't be teething issues, but. That is so clear to see, and obviously we know how good Jefferson Jefferson is, but he was left in far too much space. It was just way too easy with him. Uh, you had the likes of you know cornerback Eric Stokes and safety Adrian Amos uh, getting mixed up. Um, you know it, Jefferson was often left uncovered. Uh, it's and crazy. It, like, nobody, no other receiver for the Vikings had more than forty yards. You'd think like whatever happens let's stop Jefferson from beating us but no he got 190 yards or whatever uh, I think also credit to the Vikings as well Yeah. Uh, obviously I think there was some smart play calls to get him free uh, they used him in across different positions and they had some good pre-snap motions as well to get him free but uh, you just cannot that de- defence cannot do that it just cannot because it's going to continue to lose games especially with you know that offence that we're not too hot on uh, you know, you just can't do that. You know, there's miscommunications pre-snap. Um, you know, allowing Jefferson the space for his second touchdown. You know, the chemistry between them was a weakness. They weren't getting lined up. There's clear confusion. And you know, I, again, I, somebody another point with there is I don't know how the the Packers feel about Jer Alexander. Um, he he was supposed to be, he was a team captain last year, but he isn't now this year. Mm. And he also asked to be put on Justin Jefferson for the game but he was rarely placed on covering um, so you know perhaps they're not perhaps they, they don't trust Jerry Alexander so I think that if you're a Packers fan the concern should be in that defence yeah no I completely I completely agree um, obviously it's the theme of this episode but am I overreacting a bit too much the Packers are 10 point uh, favourites against the Bears, I think, on Sunday night football this week. I, I really love the Bears plus 10. Is that too much of a reaction? Obviously, the Bears beat the Niners themselves. We could have easily picked the Bears um, for for this week, you know. Yeah, a definitely. A win over the 49ers is pretty crazy. Maybe it is, but I, I think week Ten two... 10 points? Yeah, Packers, I like that. I think the Packers-Bears is a key game to see how we can take away from week one. An outcome from yeah. there will sort of show a bit more where we're at. Be, yeah, definitely. It's be interesting to see if St. Brown can get another touchdown for the Bears against his old team and the Packers as well. Yes, class, on primetime. Wow, I'm already buzzing for that. Right, great first half of the episode, guys. We'll go for a break now and be back with some takeaways that actually do matter.
to the Throat and Rotation podcast. We've just discussed some overreactions from the opening weekend. So we'll now move on to some takeaways, some things that you should actually pay attention to from week one. So we'll start off with um, Reese. What have you got for us? Right. Anyway, my biggest takeaway from the first week of the season is that this is our year as a Bills fan. This is our year. Um, I think you can both agree that... <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Oh, I just wanted to find a way to get that laughing uh, drop into the episode, and and the Bills don't know how to win Super Bowls. We all know that. You ain't got the minerals. Absolutely. Go on, Ray. Sorry. You've you've fully thrown me off here. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You can go again. <laughs> sorry, Ray. Carry on. So I'm sure you can both agree that we looked very good in Week One against the Rams. Ash, I don't know why you're sat there laughing. <laughs> no, it, it's- Stinks. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, I can, I'm sure you can both agree that we did play very well against the Rams in the opening season. Yeah, you were okay. Um, Josh Allen, insane. Come near him, he'll pam yeah, he's the right. fuck. Come near him, he's fa- you're getting fa- pam to the face, you're gone. Yeah, that, um, was, that, was, that was awesome. But our offense picked up where they left off. Um, Firing strongly, Josh Allen's arm and his ability to just run through anyone is insane. You had Gabe Davis carrying on where he left off from that Chiefs game, and this yeah. season, mark my words, he will be regarded as an elite wide receiver. Mm, elite, wow. Um, wow. But yeah, the the defense looked good as well. You know, one of the big places we struggled last season was sacks. Von Miller. Set the pace, getting the first sack, and I think it was so good. We ended up with seven by the end of the game, um, and it's an area we struggled in last season. I think you had the rookies at cornerback, and they managed to deal with Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner, pretty well. I think everything's just pointing towards a mafia season. Yeah, I was quite surprised uh, going the cornerbacks. Um... Kerry uh, Lamb wasn't actually the starter, and it was Terrible. Christian Benford. Christian Benford was the seventh round pick. He actually got the start. So, um, it, you know, if you've got somebody like Kerry Lamb, the first round pick, still getting snaps, as well as the seventh round guy, added to that already outrageously good secondary. Um, you know, the Bills. You know, I take that for sure. You know, all being serious, you know, looking at that 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 Bills performance, it was pretty insane, especially against the Super Bowl champions. As you said about that D line, uh, put a tweet out actually. Uh, check out our Twitter at Throwing Rotation. Uh, you know the the defensive line was just all over the Rams. Uh, Stafford just could not get anything. You know, it wasn't even just the sacks, but there were so many tackles for losses, so many QB hits, and it was spread across. You know, it wasn't just like you know Von Miller, but Gregory Rousseau, Jordan Phillips, who was at the Cardinals. Yeah, we had. Uh... We had Boogie stepping up and getting a yeah, yeah. as well. AJ Epineza as well. Just everyone was involved. You know, it was such an uh, you know insane performance. So you know, fair enough. And you've got to give credit to where credit's due. It was insane. Just, a lot of the areas that were poor last season looked so much better. Um, I remember watching a game against the Patriots with UH, and we got torn apart with a run game. 
every run that came out. Was that the? Was it really snowy or rainy or something? Yeah, I think they ended up they ended up blowing us out of the park. I think. I mean, yeah, no, I remember. I yeah, out of my memory as much as possible. But, <laughs> um, in that game against the Rams, we we looked like we had learned to defend the run. You know, our interior run defense looked very good compared to what it's been last season. Yeah. Um, so areas like that and just our running game as well. Single tree, he done well towards the end of last season, but he looked really good against the Rams. And I think we're boosting our ability to get to that quarterback, stop the run, and our ability to not be one-dimensional and only throw the ball or run through Josh Allen. I think we're going for it and no one's no one's going to stop us. What are your thoughts on um, James James Cook, Reese? Uh, His first one and only carry ended up being a fumble and he didn't get another touch from there. You know, there's a lot of pressure on the lad coming in to play against the Rams in his first snap. For the, the Super Bowl champions in his first snap in the NFL, you know. I think... He's not as game ready as we thought he was when we took him. As mm. as you remember back to the draft, I was keen on the other good running back, Brees. Yeah, yeah, I was very keen on him, but um, I don't think Cooks is game ready as we thought he was. But he'll get there. I mean, you look at his brother, and he's he's elite when it comes to running backs. So. Yeah, and you you don't need Cook to come in and, and hit the ground running, unfortunately. So so you can give him a bit of time to get adjusted. And you know, like like fumbles happened, it, it was a freak. Like the the Bills have mugged me off a bit here. I I went big on the Rams at the end of last episode. I, I bet on the Rams. Um, and like what was it, thirty one ten or whatever? And it could have been so much worse. Like without a couple of those interceptions, one of them was freakish as well. But. What what impressed me the most was um, was Josh Allen again, and mm. and what he's improved on. Um, we all know the, the strength of his arm, the the strength of his body while he's while he's running. Um, but he looks so good passing the ball, early, you know, especially early on. The picks were not his fault. No, 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 no. His processing speed looks to have improved, and that that was probably one of his weaknesses in his first two three years in the season. He looked like he was reading the reading the defense before the snap, making decisions where he's going to throw to, and, and getting the ball out so quickly, which. Um, that like with Donald and stuff, they were they were winning their matchups, the Rams D line, but but when they were, it didn't matter because Josh Allen was getting it out so quickly, and we know he can chuck the ball far, we know he can run, but if he can if he can read defenses, if he can get his processing abilities up to up to you know where a Tom Brady standard is, obviously that's going to take some time. But if he can improve that, then uh, then he might just be the the perfect quarterback. To be honest, that's that's a good point um, to bring on. So what I was going to say next, um, Diggs said after the match, he had that massive touchdown reception and he said that in the huddle, Allen had said that he had spotted a weakness in the defence. He said to Diggs, just run as fast as you can up the pitch and I'll hit you. And that, that's what, you, as you said, defence and being able to make massive plays like that out of it. And I think Stefan Diggs is a name that deserves a lot more credit from me right now as well because he was unbelievable against Jalen Ramsey, who is supposed to be the best cornerback in the game. 
Yeah, you've picked a, a good time to uh, come and start supporting the Bills, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, because I knew this was going to happen. Right, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's beautiful stuff. The Bills are really good. I'm really bloody happy for you, mate. Thank you. Ashley, Ashley, what's your takeaway from week one that, that really matters? So, linking back to uh, last week, we're, we're going to have a look at the Baker Bowl. And I think that game really did epitomise what is going to be the story of, of, of the season for the Panthers. You know, I, I feel like, you know, they, they suffered a narrow 26-24 loss to the Browns. Um, the Browns won with a 58-yard field goal by, by Cade York. Perhaps proving the decision to draft him in the fourth round. That's why you draft a kicker. Um, but, you know... I think what we we saw what we expected from Baker. You know, he was a little shaky to start, especially in the first half. I think I think he only got like six yards, something poor. I mean, the whole offense was bad in the first half. But that but that is what we what we were expecting. Um, you know, um, we knew that he he hadn't been there long. Um, he shared snaps with Sam Darnold at the beginning of camp, which meant that he you know that could have cost him some some time to build some rapport with the offense and receivers and the cent and the center especially. Um, there was a number of times where he had yeah. issues with um, centre Pat Fline. Um, I think there was four fumbles. Fortunately for them, they recovered them all. Wow! But there was one where um, where they kicked the field goal at the end to put them in head. Um, they could have easily gone uh, gone for a touchdown that drive, um, and I think the the fumble deterred them from doing so. Uh, you know, perhaps something without something like that, they're going on scoring a touchdown, winning the game. But uh, you know, I think you've got to give credit where credit's due. Baker really did fought, fight back, and that's a credit to you know his work rate and his attitude and determination. You know, he could have easily crumbled against you know going up against his old side. He's had this all in all that shit talk um, prior to the game, and you, you're losing by that you're not having a good performance you can easily crumble yeah um but if you know he fought back he had that um seven yard scrambled um for the touchdown and also threw a 75 yard touchdown for robbie anderson you know by the fourth quarter things, that was a beautiful throw that yeah, i really yeah, like yeah. that and you know but by the fourth quarter you know things were starting to click uh for baker in the offense and you know i think they the, the panthers feel a little bit unjust about some of the questionable decisions um, made by the referees on the Browns' winning drive. So you know, I feel like it's a bit of an unlucky defeat for Baker, uh, you know, in his revenge game. Um, but you know, it is the Panthers. I'm not totally convinced by Matt Rule at all. I think it's perhaps some of the coaching decisions that he's made. You know, we can say as much as we like that Baker wasn't ready, etc. But I think that's also down to you know Matt Rule and and the offensive coach is not getting him ready you know yeah. the decision to share snaps with Sam Darnold that could be massively important you know I think okay you need to find your guy who's going to be the clear starter at QB but I think we all knew it was Baker yeah, we, we all knew it no, I don't yeah. think if, if, you needed to look too much into it to work out I, I guarantee you the only reason they did was because they were on the hook for Darnold for so much money if, if they weren't having to pay him so many millions this year it would have been get Baker in probably earlier than they did and, and they would have been more prepared for this week one I was surprised to see um, relative lack of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, um, he only had decision there, which you've got a question by the, the coaching staff. Yeah, you don't know. Maybe that's because you're trying to ramp him up after all his injury issues or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, we're playing in the NFL. You want to get a win, and these first couple of weeks for the Brown uh, for the Panthers are, are so huge. Uh, they're in a, a pretty tough division. You, you won't expect them to win. 
Um, so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think this has maybe epitomised what you're going to get from Baker and maybe what you're going to get from from the Panthers this year. Uh, a bit of dodgy coaching, very up and down. I was, I'm not sure if it's just because how the Brown, how good the Browns are at running, but they couldn't even, even on that final drive when the the Browns need to move the ball quickly, they just couldn't stop the run at all. So um, there, there's big question marks over these Panthers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think the defense, as you just said, you know that is an issue. They're, they ranked 24th on defense for the first week uh, according to Football Outsiders. You know, and they they had clearly had issues on both sides of the ball. But you look at the defense. You know, they had eighteen missed tackles against the Cleveland. Wow, which rule said led to one hundred ninety yards after wow. contact. Jesus and, Christ! And they allowed more rushing yards than any other team, bar from the Titans in Week One. Uh, they also failed to get pressure on Jacoby Brissett. You know, somebody like him, you need to be. You know, he. he his ability is in question, um, and the Browns' O line's not what it was. Uh, that's the stuff that the Panthers have got to be doing to win games, sort of sort of thing. That those are the strengths that they got to had. They got to help Baker out as much as they can. You can't be missing tackles like that. You you can't be not getting to a quarterback like that. It, it was poor from the Panthers, really. They should have won that game. Yeah, Matt Rule. You know, I'm not. I wasn't a fan of him beforehand, and this game really has said to me. I don't think it's good enough. Uh, the, the, the Panthers are now on an eight-game losing streak, which is the longest current wow. streak in the league, and his record is now at ten to twenty-four. Wow! So not good. I think coaching decisions are going to be a clear factor throughout the season. So yeah, week one, I think summarise what could be for the rest of the season for the Panthers. Yeah, I think the final result as well could could be uh, the same sort of thing where they they're just uh, they're in games, but they kind of cost it. For themselves, with with missed tackles, with dropped catches, with poor coaching decisions, or whatever, just uh, kind of a stinky franchise at the minute. But we'll see how they respond in week two. Great stuff, Ashley. I can see them becoming a bit like the Lions, a team that's always close but never does enough to get that yeah. over the line. Yeah, the thing they got more talent than the Lions. Like they not really need them to be like that. But um, we'll see. We'll see how they respond in week two. So, Harry, let's move on to your takeaway then from week one. My takeaway, not trying to overreact too much, uh, my takeaway is this. Miami Dolphins' offence is a very professional one uh, that will be pretty tough to beat. And I believe Tua will take a big step forward this year. Uh, obviously, they only put 20 points on the Patriots, and in fact, uh, seven of six or seven of those points came from the defense. The O line is much improved. Um, last year, it was a, it was a historically bad O line. 235 pressures conceded, which was the most in the league, and in fact, the third most in the NFL over the last five years. However, they had the third quickest time to throw in the NFL, so they're getting the ball out quickly. But the offensive line is still giving up pressures. They're still giving up sacks, which uh, just shouldn't should not be happening. Uh, they bring in Terrell Armstead, the best tackle on the market. He's had a 90.1 PFF grade over the last four years, and they also bring in Connor Williams, move him, who's playing at guard for the Cowboys, put him into centre, uh, and that's a significant upgrade from what they had before. He only allowed one pressure against the Pats, and he had an 86.8 run blocking grade per PFF. Um, so the O line that, that's just a massive massive step forward for Tua to have to 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 deal with. Obviously, he's not the most creative, not the most elusive. So he needs that good O line in front of him. 
Not to mention, uh, I, I don't need to harp on too much about the, the Tyreek Hill to Tua connection. We all know the quality of Tyreek Hill, and, and that they, Tua was hitting that early and often. Hit it off and, straight away. You know, we, we said last week how, uh, you know, perhaps may not do as well without Mahomes, but, you know, I think that clearly showed that just how good Tyreek Hill is. Yeah, and we mentioned what that will do for Jalen Waddle as well, and, and he broke free. Uh, I think maybe it was just before the halftime, he had a, a beautiful 42-yard touchdown. That was really good to see. Um, of course, two are only through for 270 yards and one touchdown. Um, but the, the Pats' defense was fourth overall in the yards last year and, and the second-fewest pass yards. So it, it's... Always, Bill Belichick led. Of course, it's never an easy game against the against the Patriots. And in fact, Tua is four and zero against the Patriots in um, in his career, which is is kind of shocking if you look at the history of the league over the last twenty years or or how long. And I think you also have got to take into account that that's a new scheme. We have a new head coach, although that is one of the reasons I, th- I think he will be improved this year and why the the Dolphins' offense will be will be top half, maybe top 10 at least. Um, Mike McDaniel brings the Shanahan offense, which is so generous uh, to QBs. Jimmy G's yard per attempt last year was higher than uh, Matt Stafford's. Nick Mullins, obviously the 49ers backup. His career yards per attempt uh, is the same as Aaron Rodgers last year. And of course, he unjustly won MVP. So um, it's a really great system for quarterbacks. It's kind of going to be hard for Tua not to take that, not to take a step forward. Uh, he was taking a pick before Justin Herbert in the draft uh, a few years ago. I don't think he's ever going to be the playmaker that Justin Herbert has turned out to be. But he's got great poise. He's shown a, a great mentality so far. And I think people forget that he came into the NFL off the back of a, a horrible uh, hip injury, which has got to be so tough mentally and physically, obviously. Um so I, I think maybe two has been slept on a bit this year. I, I think you expect a big step forward from him this year. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think I was I remember thinking when I was watching the game at the time, it was the first time I'd seen the Dolphins play and the commentators be hyped about Tua's performance. Yeah, I think as you say, they brought in all this new personnel. They're looking good. They beat the Patriots. Maybe not convincingly by score but I think it was a convincing performance so I think yeah, definitely. That's, that's another boost as well I think the Patriots are looking awful so I think it's probably a sure thing that they finish above the Patriots in the division as well so uh, yeah I, I also think that you know any any win like that you know as you said perhaps not score wise was convincing but I agreed the, the performance and when you when you are uh, confidently be in uh, a team led by coached by Bill Belichick and um, putting in a performance that good, you've always that's always a good sign. Yeah, you definitely. Know, you know, the, as as we said, you know, the the the, the addition of Tyreek Hill really does open that offense up. And Mike Gazicki wasn't even involved, and we all know how good of a receiving player he is. So you know, well once. A few more weeks, everyone's clicked, everyone's together with that chemistry. The Dolphins could really be a force to be reckoned with. And and uh, you'd probably say the defence is a, is a better side of the football for them as well. So if this offence does improve like we all expect it to and keeps taking steps forward, then uh, I'm really excited to watch the Dolphins this year. 
Reese, are you worried that the Dolphins might win? Be worried, mate. Be worried. We've spoke about this a few times throughout various yeah. episodes, and there's been times where I thought, oh, I'm a bit worried. There's been times where I haven't been worried, but after seeing how we performed against the Rams, as I said, I think, yeah. I think there's no one going to get in our way this, se- this season. There might be a couple bumps on the way, but I think... It's all yeah, there. and I'm not. If I was going to be worried about anyone, it would not be the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> it's just not the same. Like, I'm expecting them to take a step forward and Tua to take a step forward in his career. But you've got uh, an elite thrower in Josh Allen there, and the rest of the offense. It's just in a in a different tier. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the Dolphins, but it, you probably I'm won't be challenging the Bills. The Bills though, well, no, I've seen the Bills. I'm I've seen the Bills. <laughs> And we all know that, you know, as much as you like to call Aaron Rodgers a bottle job, the Bills do not have the minerals. Not not when they get when it comes to real clutch time. Uh, it's ingrained in the organization. Uh, uh, Didn't you go to three Bills. Super Bowls uh, in a row and uh, lose them all? Don't 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 ignore me. You went to three Super Bowls in a row. I started talking, I started talking before you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pipe it up, but you're a card fan, bro. Yeah, but mate, mate, we're not we're not talking about the Cardinals right now. We're talking about the Bills. <laughs> bottle jobs are the Bills, are, are they not? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we, we absolutely we will, will see. see. And I'm see, excited. I don't see any hype around the league about either your two teams at the minute. So I think. Oh, what is that? That's what we're recording now. Is it hype? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that will get you a Super Bowl. Some hype. Reese's reaction there. Oh dear. Right, boys, I think. Podcast with such silly boys. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) Right, it's been a really fun episode. Uh, We're excited to see how these overreactions, how these takeaways develop over the next couple of weeks and, of course, over the season. Ashley, give us our socials, will you? So check us out on Twitter at Throw in Rotation. We have also recently um, published or made live our website. It's still a work in progress, but we aim to put out some content there for you as we continue to grow. Um, also check us out on Instagram, uh, Throw It in Rotation. Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on all your usual podcast platforms. So yeah, check us out. And feel free to email any questions over at what is it, Ash? Please email, yeah. Throw it in rotationpod at gmail.com. We're still yet to receive an email. We just want some feedback. Somebody email us. <laughs> right, that'll do. We don't have to beg for emails at the end of every episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next week.